Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. I am too, and I'm excited to wrap up, although I'm a little sad, our Love, Sex, and Marriage series today. So we're going to do that. But before you have a seat, would you find two or three people you haven't said hi to yet? Wave at them, air wave, throw them the deuce, the little thing right there. Give them the, yeah, the knuckle. I think knuckle fists are CDC approved. You can knuckle, fist pump, hit. So glad that you're here. Hey, well, uh, my name is JJ, and alongside my wife, Liz, we have the honor and privilege of serving Journey Church as its lead pastors. And if you didn't know that, that means you're a first-time guest. And I'm so glad that you're here today. You are a VIP. We're so grateful that you chose to be with us. You picked a great Sunday to be with us. Um, If you're looking for a home church, look no further. We think that you found it. And Journey Church, would you, I know we did this once already, but would you put your hands together and welcome all of our first-time guests one more time. Yeah, thank you for being with us. You mean a lot to us. Keep it going for Journey Church Online. Journey Church Online, what's up? We know that many of you online can't be with us because of health reasons. Others can't be with us because of geographical reasons. Our church has expanded through Journey Church Online in different cities, states, and even countries. And we just want to say thank you. We love you. Thank you for being a part of our church, supporting it with your time, talent, and resources. Some of you are on the Dream Team online in the chat. If you're in the chat right now, put it, I'm in the chat right now. Just let people know you're here to serve. And uh, it's so good to, to have you. Hey, before we get into the final installment of our series, uh, I do want to let you know about Easter, April 4th. Somebody say April 4th. Man, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be one you don't want to miss. Um, really, every day is Easter for Christians because every day is a new beginning for us. Every day we're coming out of the tomb, every single day. Um, the only thing that will be different about Easter is that there will be more people. Uh, that's the only thing. People, this church will be packed on Easter. And so because of that, I want to let you know that just for Easter, because uh, unfortunately the school won't allow us to do it for multiple services every week. But just for Easter, we will be going to three services. And so you heard on Journey News, 9.15 and 11, but also 1 p.m. So 9.15, 11, and 1 p.m. If you regularly attend the 11 a.m. and you're a member of our church, I'm going to ask you to do a huge sacrifice for us. If you would consider coming to the 9.15 or the 1, and I'll tell you why, because everybody who has not been to church in a year since Easter before, is going to come, and they're going to come at the 11 a.m., and we want to make sure that there's space for those who don't know Jesus yet. So you can just be evangelistic by attending another service, and that would be greatly appreciated. Those who are online, um, I guess you can go whenever you want if you're watching online, Uh, but it is going to be a a lot of fun. Well, we are in the final sermon uh, of this series called Fairy Tales. Make some noise if you've been enjoying fairy tales. Amen. Well, today's message is called asking for a friend because I know you have got it all together. Man, I know your relationship status and life is just set and secure, but, uh, but you, you got a friend, and this friend is jacked up. And so, uh, and so this sermon is not for you. It's for your friend. And uh, usually, I say that because usually in preaching, the job of a preacher, my job every week, is to ask the Lord, God, what kind of questions are the people asking? And then I try and go through scripture, and I point to Jesus and try and answer those questions that you have. Well, today, you did the sermon prep. Today, you are the one preaching because all week, we've been receiving questions via our social media channels, via our email, via text message. And so today, we're going to be asking or answering the questions that your friend was asking. And, uh, and I hope that it blesses your life. And so you're a part of the sermon, and you're not the only one who are part of the sermon. We've got a bunch of lovely people who are going to be a part of the sermon as well, because Proverbs 15.22 says, plans go wrong with too few counselors, but many counselors bring success. And so we want to bring in a lot of different perspectives. You've got people who've been married for a long time, people who've been married for 10 years. You've got single people who are ready to date, some single people who are not ready to date. These are two seasons that my wife and I maybe can't speak to as well. And so you're going to be able to hear uh, directly from them. And I just want to say, last Christmas, I preached a message about not recognizing Jesus just because he came in a different form. And you got to understand that sometimes Jesus will come in a different form, but you got to be willing to still receive what Jesus has for you. In other words, uh, a lot of times uh, we expect the word of God to only come through a preacher. But how many people know Jesus can take another form when he's speaking to you through your wife? 
The sermon's already starting right now. It's a joke that Liz and I have. You know, I call it listening to God. Well, I call it listening to the Holy Spirit. It's when we combine and she speaks to me. Uh, some, some of the parents, you know, God could be speaking through you to your 10-year-old. And some of the journey youth, as much as you would hate to admit it, sometimes God is speaking to you uh, through your parents. And uh, when they say this person is not good for you, you might just want to pray about that. They might be, it might be God. And it might not be, but, you know, you should listen. And so... And so that would be good. And so let me introduce you to some of our panel today as we get ready for the message. The first person I want to introduce you to is the wonderful, beautiful, extravagant, definitely not single, Pastor Liz Vasquez. Yeah, girl. You look good today. Excited to hear you speak. Excited to hear you preach on Memorial Day, Memorial Day weekend. She usually preaches every Mother's Day, and she told me um, not this year, not this year. I want a break. I, I want a break. Is your mic on? It should be at the power. Yep, it's on. Turn my wife's mic on before you get fired. Right okay. um, I'm just kidding. You can't fire volunteers. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yes, you can. Um, in addition to that, we've got uh, some amazing uh, people here. Uh, we've got Shamika Day in the house. What's up, Shamika? Hey. Shamika, are you single, dating, or married? I am single. Single? Yes. Are you ready to mingle? Yes. Okay. Okay. Hey, well, I'm sure we have a bunch of eligible bachelors, a bunch of eligible bachelors wondering if they have a shot. So what are you looking for in a guy? So the spiritual answer is that. <laughs> yes. I want you to reflect the fruits of the spirit. Amen. But then, then physically you want the to reflect. The physical answer is <laughs> tall, athletic, and fine. Come on. They didn't even know you could say fine and be a Christian, and you, you can absolutely say that. We've got Karina Vasquez, no relation, in the back. Karina, are you single, dating, or married? I am single. Are you ready to mingle? Sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> I guess. All right. For all the Journey Online single people, they're wondering, what are you looking for in a guy? Um, well, now I'm just going to copy Shamika's prayer. Yes. That's amazing. Um, I just want somebody who knows themselves probably first. Come on. That's good. That's good. That's real spiritual. And then Mike, <laughs> we got Mike Ayala in the house. What's up, Mike? What's going on? Hey, guys. Mike, are you single, dating, or married? I'm single. Are you ready to mingle? I am not ready to mingle. Come on. I appreciate that answer. We'll get a little bit. <laughs> the guys in the back are like, oh. <laughs> um, why are guys sad about that? I don't understand. I was sad about that. But I uh, can't wait to get into your story, man. Thanks for sharing and uh, being here with us. And we've got an amazing married couple, Kat and Ernesto Rodriguez. You guys are married, obviously. And how long have you been married? Uh, this month, we made it to 10 years. 10 years. Come on. How many weeks ago? Second. How many weeks ago did you celebrate 10? Um, it was actually on Valentine's Day. Very nice. Very nice. You proposed on Valentine's You got married on Valentine's Day? We got Day? married on Valentine's Day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I know why you did that. So you can combine all the presents. Yeah, yeah. You'll never forget your wedding it's anniversary. Cheaper, you know. Wisdom. Actually... The sermon has already begun. <laughs> Get married on Valentine's Day. We have two or her anniversaries. So we have February 14th was the day that we decided to honor God because we wanted to live out right. We were already living together. And then... August was our actual, actual wedding day, August 28th. So February 14th is when we decided to honor God. So that's a, when we celebrate. I love it. I love it. All right. And we've got David and Janelle Ray in the house. <laughs> David and Janelle are members of our church. They're long-distance members. They've been here for three years. They recently just moved. Guys, they drove two and a half hours to be with us today, this morning, to share their story. David and Janelle, how long have you been married? Uh, we've been married be 48 years on March 31st. 48 years. Come on. Congratulations to you. Can't wait to hear your story. Janelle, you ain't tired of him yet, are you? What? You're not tired of him yet, are you? Tired? No, no, no. Well, not at all. After the first day I woke up, it was April Fool's Day. I told her, April Fool's. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, the joke's on you. <laughs> That's funny. 
All right, I put the single people on, on, uh, on blast a little bit. Now we're going to put the marriage people on blast a little bit. We're going to play a little game called uh, him or her. I'm going to ask you a question, and whoever is more likely to do this thing, you either point to him or her, or you raise your hand if it's you. So we'll start with Kat and Ernesto. Who is more likely to be confused about what food to order when going to a restaurant? <laughs> I love the unity. All right. Next one. Who is the better dancer? Oh, you guys are so humble. Depends on what? The style? Okay. What is he better at? Merengue. All right. David and Janelle, him or her? Who is more likely to get arrested? <laughs> oh, that's great. That was so quick. That was the quickest answer. You guys have given all day. All right, here's a cute one to end off on. Who says, I love you more often? Who says, I love you more often? They're like, I don't want to. Somebody pick it. Don't, don't talk about it. You can't discuss I mean, we, it. We both say it a lot. So... Are you pointing at each other? Pointing at each other. Oh, that's cute. All right. Let's get started with the questions. These are the questions that you sent us in. We're going to intersperse single and married and dating questions. And so we'll start off by answering the questions that the single people brought in. And the first question that someone sent in was, how do you know if you're ready to date? And Shamika, I'm going to ask you to answer this first one. And I just want to say I love this question because Song of Solomon chapter 8, verse 4 says, do not awaken love until the time is right. And you have to understand that just because you're not ready to date just because you hit puberty. Like, just because your body is ready to procreate doesn't mean that you're ready to relate. It doesn't mean that you're ready for a relationship. And so you got to make sure that your heart and your mind catches up with the rest of you. And so it's a great question. The right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. And so you want to set that up. So Shamika, why don't you start us off? So whenever I think about, you know, myself and if I'm ready to date, I ask myself two questions. The first question is, are you healed enough to love? Oh, that's good. And the reason why I ask myself that question is because, you know, from past relationships and past things, you have past hurts. And you don't want to bring that forward into your relationship. So it's important for you to, like, have that time to ask yourself that question. So good. And then the second question I ask myself is, why am I dating? Am I dating just for fun or am I dating to find my spouse? Come on. And for me at my age and stage, I'm ready to find my spouse. So that dating is going to look a little bit different. So it's important for you to be able to ask yourself those questions. Come on. So good. Love it. Love it. Karina Vasquez, we will go to you. I'm really excited to hear your answer to this question because if you don't know, Karina, she serves on staff. She's the executive director of operations at our church and also my executive assistant. So we spend a lot of time together. And for many years, I, I still do. I pray for Karina's husband. It's something that's on my prayer list because I think the person you marry is, is huge when it comes to what you do in life. And for like the first three years that we worked together, she was like, stop praying for that. <laughs> She's like, I don't want that prayer right now. I'm not ready for that. I don't want that prayer. And then probably sometime a couple months ago, you were like, I think I'm ready. So I'm really interested to hear your answer, how that switched and how did you know you were ready to date? Yeah. Uh, I used to get mad that he was like, I'm praying for your husband. Because <laughs> um, then I got to see your prayer list and other people's like have moved on for their first prayer and I'm still at the first one. <laughs> <laughs> so I think though, but like if I get that right, then yeah. everything else will be that's right. better. That's right. That's right. Um, so I, I just ended a really serious relationship, a long-term relationship before coming here. And I just wasn't ready because I didn't have enough time to heal. Um, like Shamika said, like I, you have to be whole in order to heal. And I wasn't so there good. yet. I wasn't ready to be vulnerable. I wasn't ready to trust somebody else. So um, but in dating or just healing myself with, with God and with um, my community, my small group and everything, um, talking it out, it was really exciting. And now I like really look forward to it. And it's That's really awesome. happy. Come on. Um, all right, follow-up question on that. Where is the best place to meet a partner, someone asked, and how do we feel about dating apps? Are Chris and Alana in this service? I gave you the shout-out at the front. Where's Chris and Alana? Raise your hand. Look at this couple right here. Hey, Alana leads our freedom uh, ministry, and then Chris is also there. Y'all met on a dating app, right? Yes, we did. Let's go. Yes, we did. And so, and there's a couple couples in our church, so I, there used to be a real stigma on it, so I'll just answer that part. I don't think there's a stigma on it anymore. It's just a matter of what you do yeah, once you find, find that person. find an app that works for you. Yeah. Like, Plenty of Fish, they don't tell you it's a lot of tilapia, so find another <laughs> one. Just helping you out. Find one that's You're right. funny. 
So, where, Samika, where do you find, where do you go to find people? Well, since I haven't found him yet, I don't know where the best place is. <laughs> but to be honest, one of the things, um, and actually, Pastor JJ, you spoke about this the first week of the series, is that um, before you have a person, you have a purpose. Come on. So it's important for me that I find someone who is walking in that purpose so because good. I'm going to be walking in my purpose, right? So for us to be able to meet, yes. it's important for me to see that. So it may be serving on the dream team. It may be serving in your community or serving at your job. But are you walking in what God has created you for? And in that, that's where I want to find him. What a great answer. I love it. Yeah, I think sometimes even the language, like how do you find? I think sometimes your past will just are you, are you, I think it's one thing to find. It's another thing to be aware and be looking for when God brings that person, person out. So, Queen, do you want to add anything to that? I would say the same thing. Like I'm not, nothing is lost I'm not finding something. I'm yeah. becoming who I need to be. Come on, and then somebody right. will come alongside me. Yeah, come so on. So that's the exciting thing. I love that. I love that. Mike, uh, because you said you weren't ready to mingle, that's perfect. Because the next question was, how do you know you're not ready to date? And since you know that you're not, um, I'd love it if you would go ahead and do your best to answer that question. Yeah, so um, I, I find myself in a season right now where um, I feel like God is constantly telling me or reminding me that he's all that I need. Um, and that, that may sound really churchy to a lot of folks, but um, we, we tend to have this plan for our own lives, and we try to walk out that plan on our own. And when we walk that plan out on our own, we, we eventually will fail, right? That's right. Yeah. And when you fail, you lose a hope. Yeah. And upon losing hope, sometimes you lose everything, right? And, and that's kind of what happened to me, to be honest, right? Yeah. I, uh, I divorced two years, two years ago, I, I was divorced, um, and... For the longest time, I felt like I lost my purpose. And the reason was I put my purpose in a job title. I put my purpose in someone else. And I didn't, I put that person and my job title as first place and not putting God in first place. Come on. And it's taken two years. It's still going. Um, I, I'm still trying to learn how to put those boundaries around my, my purpose, the purpose that God now has for me, um, in order for me to not lose that again, yeah. right? Because I remember those late nights that I couldn't sleep. I remember the times when I had those angry conversations with God. I remember um, not being able to get over it and the wounds and the hurt and, and just the pain that I went through. And as I go through the journey of life, I realize that I'm in a journey, I'm, I'm in a place right now that I need to be sure that my happiness comes from him, yeah. that my purpose comes from him before I can bring anybody else in. Man, I just want to say thank you so much for being honest and transparent and open. It's never easy to share your story. This is the first time you do so publicly, even though it's been two years. And I give props to Mike, because every time, I, not every time, but every once, once a month, I'll be like, bro, are you ready? Because I got people lined up. <laughs> and, and he's just, he's, he tells me every month, he goes, I'm not ready. And I think that means the world, because he's somebody who relies on companionship. And so for it to be two years since his divorce, which I'm also glad you're sharing that story because there's a lot of people in the audience today who could relate to that, um, you are not putting happiness over health. Another person might make you happy in the short term is what you're saying, but if I'm not healthy yet, I know out of experience, it's just going to mess it up. And so thank you for being that man and being that way. You're amazing. All right, let's transition to married people. And uh, the first question came in, how do you keep the passion over the years? And so uh, who should we start with? Uh, David and Janelle, 48 years, 48 years. How do you keep the passion alive? Well, I, I think you try to keep it exciting and make it an adventure, make everything you do an adventure. I think, you know, for us, life has been an adventure. And, yeah. you know, we're starting a brand new adventure in a new place and uh, um, learning new things. And, you know, we, we're going to learn how to play pickleball, whatever that is. Pickleball, <laughs> pickleball let's go. right across from us. And we did that beginning early in our marriage. Uh, Janelle was a big tennis player, and you know I have no skills at all. I can, <laughs> I can barely walk across the stage without falling. Yeah. So, uh, you know, she just would beat me like a drum, and that made it not a lot of fun for us. So, you know, we began to find things that we love to do together. Yeah. And you know, That's we so continue good. to do that. Liz, Liz wanted to, we tried to do that. We tried to find a thing. She was like, we should do gardening. So I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. It was, it was I don't like it. It's the worst. It's, we're outside, it's hot. Yeah, so we should find something you both enjoy. I like that. Janelle, what do you want to add to that? Yeah, um, 
I think it took a lot of mishits before we found a hit. Um, so don't give up if you're trying to find that thing that you can do together. Um, we actually, our, our big thing we learned to do together was scuba dive. And if you knew me, I don't like to get my face wet in the shower, but I will go 100 feet scuba diving. So go yeah. figure. So. And I would, I would add that too. You should find, church can be one of those things you can do together. Uh, Serving on a team together, leading a small group together. It should be one thing in church you can do together and one thing outside of church you can do together. So, uh, Kat, Ernesto, you want to add to that? I would say um, for us, passion, you know, sometimes in marriage you forget or what brought you together, right? And, and you can lose sight of that. Um, for me, I learned early on that um, Kathy is my standard of beauty. She is, if she has short hair, I like short hair. If she has long hair, I like long hair. You go blonde, I like blondes. So she is, she is my standard of beauty. She is, she is what I measure as, as passion. She, her and I, we, we try to be intentional. We have three kids all under eight. So it's, it's hard to find time for one another, yeah. but not losing sight of, um, shout out to my mom, that's my go-to babysitter. Yeah. <laughs> but if, yeah, she deserves a round of applause. There's three of them. So <laughs> um, if, if we go two, three months without a date night, not forgetting um, who we are, what brought us together, what we love about one another, our interests, um, and, and not, per, not, you don't have to just pursue your spouse on a date night. You can pursue your spouse. You can be passionate about your marriage outside of a date night. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I love how everyone was like so practical about um, their answers. When I heard the word passion, I'm like, oh, they talking about the bedroom? This, is this appropriate? <laughs> but what I will say is that passion to me really sticks out. Um, the definition is really just a longing, a pursuit after something, right? And so when I think about it in marriage, it really correlated to how Jesus really is in constant pursuit of us every day. Yeah. And I think so it should be in that same like likeness. We should be in like with our spouses. Um, you know, he's not the same person that I married 10 years ago. Thank God for that, okay? Uh, he glowed up, okay? Um, but definitely, I just think it's just this constant reminding of he is changing, I'm changing. Let's continue to work together, to grow together, and, and to grow in the Lord together so that we can really flourish within our communication and our relationship. And then that passion really, it does transpire into the bedroom. Yeah, so. that's good. Babe, you want to ask something? Yes. Um, is it working? It is on. Okay, good. Yay. So, yeah, I think it is important. Um, when I think about this question, I think about how when you're dating, um, you usually choose someone who you genuinely like to hang out with. Yes. Um, it's not just for their looks. I mean, you're fly. Hey. I have to do it Talk because he does it like every Sunday. So I get my opportunity. So maybe when we get home, he'll acts of service whenever we get home. Hey. Get back to the question. Anyways, so you, you genuinely love to be with that person. So why did that stop? Right. You know, whenever you were dating, it's because you went out and you did fun things together. So why did that stop? Yeah. So yeah, there's kids involved. So figure it out. I remember during COVID when we were quarantined and I couldn't send my kids to my parents' house because I didn't want them getting COVID if, God forbid, my kids have it or something. And so we used to just send them to their room, you know, early at night, and then we'd have our date 5 night. 5 p.m. bedtime. Yeah. You know I mean? No? Yes, 5 p.m. Dad, the sun's still out. Shut up. <laughs> and we watched movies, and we hung out. I mean, just make it work. Figure it out whether you have kids or not. And then being intimate is very yeah. important. Guys, sex is so important. It is. To keeping the passion. I don't know why you're laughing. It's true. I'll tell you right now. It's so true. The Bible says to become one. Yes, and I know, I know you're thinking all the single people are like, uh, what's the problem? I don't understand. Like, you, 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 wait till you get married. Sometimes you get tired. Sometimes you get busy. I'm just telling you, 14-year-old me dreamed about the day when he could go to bed, if you're a Christian, you know what I'm talking about, with a woman and have sex with her and it not be sin because y'all married. 14-year-old me was like, we're going to have sex every day. And I just want you to know, 14-year-old me, I think, would karate chop in the throat 34-year-old me sometimes. 
Because sometimes 34-year-old me gets tired. Sometimes 34-year-old me is stressed out with ministry. Sometimes 34-year-old me has got a lot on my mind. And sometimes if we don't prioritize that, then the passion actually dwindles. It actually drains. And so if you're married, you need to make this a priority. Um, I would even go as far, I say this every year, is if you have trouble getting it, uh, having it happen because you're busy, put it on the schedule. Like schedule it, like put a little heart on the calendar so that everybody knows. And somebody in this room is like, oh, well, that's not really spontaneous. That's not really romantic. I'm like, you don't have time to be romantic and spontaneous, okay? Just put it on the calendar. And on top of that, and I say this every year, if you were going to have an affair, you would schedule that. You would schedule that. You would, you would get the hotel room in advance. You would make sure that, that, that the kids were being watched. You would make sure that it happens. And so you just do the same thing when you're married. All right, let's go to the single people. Single, what do you do to stay single and secure? Samika. What do you do to stay single and secure? So whenever I'm asked this question, um, there's actually, I really like it because it kind of goes with my answer when people ask me, like, you know, how are you staying single and being happy? Which I guess is an anomaly. Um, but <laughs> what, I, what my response is, is that I am secure in my singleness. I'm not settled in my singleness. Come on. And so good. in that, there's, that's two separate things, right? So um, for me to be secure means that I'm secure in who I am in Christ. I'm secure in walking out my purpose. I'm insecure in who I am and what I'm doing. So I'm not waiting to find this person for me to be able to move forward in what God's called me to Come do. Come on, so good. So it's just really important to know to know the difference between being 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 secure and being settled settling means that i'm going to sit back and i'm just going to you know woe in this moment and not actually benefit from the season because you won't have the season back come on like let's right. be real come so on. enjoy it and be secure in where you where god has you come on i love it karina you want to add anything to that so good um i would say Honor the season that you're in is really, really important. So if all of your friends or your immediate friend group is married with children, then they're not going to mean it. But when you're going home alone from a dinner party or something at their house, your brain might trick you into thinking from I'm single to I'm alone. And I'm alone Come is on. dangerous and so not good. true. So good. You just happen to be in a Let's season go. of singleness. Come on. So get yourself around some single friends. You never yeah. know. They might have single friends too. <laughs> and then do something that you're passionate about. Live your life. Yeah. This is the only time that your money is your own. Your responsibility is the only person that you have to, you know, manage. Yeah. You never get this back. So good. Mike, uh, I'm going to ask you the same question because you're coming at it from, uh, you know, uh, not being ready today. So yeah. what are you doing to get ready? How do you stay single and secure? And yeah, so um, I, I'm going to be a little real here. So we, we know what secure means, right? And um, it's all about what you feed yourself. To me, um, I found myself for a very long time uh, going downtown and doing downtown things, which weren't served Saturday, um, in case you're wondering. <clears throat> and um, I realized that I was feeding myself that. I was feeding myself what was wow. on my social media feeds. Wow. I was feeding myself that. So, um, and just, just know, I couldn't do it on my own to get out of that. I needed to go ask for help. Wow. I had to go ask the guys in my small group, ask the guys in the dream team, like, man, I'm going through this. I'm out every Saturday night doing downtown things and they're like oh that's that's terrible so this is what we're going to do you're going to serve on sunday mornings every morning and i appreciate the guys doing that for me at 6 a.m at 6 a.m okay, you can't so, stay out in the club at 2 a.m if you got to come to church at 6 exactly. a.m so yeah. there was no there was no rest in between so i couldn't make it here on time i was way too tired so logistics logistics were terrible you know i couldn't figure it out and um slowly that that started to fade it didn't happen overnight and i started pouring that into my life and then um, the small groups. I mean, I'm part of maybe three small groups. One that I call my unofficial small group is our outreach small group that we go um, trail riding, bike riding on Saturdays. And that kept me out the clubs on, oh, out of downtown, out of downtown. <laughs> that, kept, <laughs> that, that kept me out of, uh, out of downtown on Friday nights. And um, because I had to be up early at six o'clock again on Saturday to go ride and so on and so forth. Now, you know, small groups, the same thing. Just yeah. they pulled me out of that and fed me what the world, I love it. something better. Yeah, three small groups. I talk to people who are in like three or four small groups and every time I talk to them, I'm like, I feel like that's something like I enjoy, I appreciate your commitment to this church, but I feel like three or four small groups is a lot. I'll never forget when someone told me, they go, no, pastor, you don't understand. 
I need to be in three or four so that I'm not in something else. I need a good community of people around me to keep me busy, keep me occupied, keep me doing things. So good. Awesome. All right, we'll go to another married question. Uh, married people, how do you manage advice on juggling ministry and family, marriage and family? So I assume the ministry and family is like church and family, and then marriage and family is like if you've got kids, how do you keep the marriage going with all of that? And so start with uh, David and Janelle, and then we'll go to Ernesto and Kat. <laughs> um, well, I think you, you put God first in everything you do. Yeah. And I mean, we, uh, we start and end the day with, in, in, with God. I mean, we, in the early mornings, we have our own separate devotions. And then at night, we do devotions together, last thing before we go to sleep at night. Um, and we've done that for a long time, some better than others. So, you know, I, I, I would find a good devotion. I mean, we use, for instance, UVerse, which has some great stuff yeah. on it. Um, and, you know, so we do that. We start and end the day with God. Um, others, you... Well, I think praying together. Um, I know many years ago I, I was in a women's group and I mentioned about we prayed together every night. And they were like, he hears what you were praying for? And I'm like, yeah. And there's just something about being vulnerable with your spouse and to know, let them know what is on your heart and in your needs. And um, I just, it's, it's really deepened our relationship with God and with each other. So if you haven't tried it, give it a shot tonight. Try praying together. That's great. And you guys got three kids under eight, right? And so family, marriage, how do you juggle it at all? And ministry also because you come here and you serve at 6.30 a.m. Yeah. So how do you guys manage that? Communication, a lot of communication. Um, I said this in the first service, but a few years ago, a mentor of mine asked me, do you know your wife's dreams? And I didn't have an answer. I didn't know her dreams. Um, And I felt like the worst husband walking away from that conversation. (laughs) So husbands, ask your wives today. (laughs) Um, But your dreams change. Your purpose changes as seasons evolve and what God's called you to do. So me understanding what's on Kathy's heart in this season, whether it's to be a mom and and lead our home, that's a ministry in and of itself. Whether it's to support me to be here at 6.30 a.m., dress our kids by herself or get up with me and and be here also. Um, Last week, she didn't have to be here. Some of my team members were sick and she randomly walked in with all the kids dressed to come and help me. So supporting your spouse, communicating with your spouse, knowing what it is that God is calling them to do in this season and really supporting them through that is super important um, because it just makes your home, you know, God is the center, right? And, and we, all the things that we do, we do it unto God. That's what it says in Colossians. We do it unto him and to his glory. So if we, if we make him the center and we drive that together, it just makes everything else flow so well. That's good. Kat? Yeah, I think communication is a really big thing for me. Um, Not many people know, but I came to Journey with a lot of reservation because of past church hurt. We didn't really have that model of representation of like a balance, right? A healthy balance with family and marriage. And so I would tell them like, okay, what are you committing to? How much time is that going to take? And I know it sounds kind of silly, but when you have three kids and you have schedules going, you have to really be practical. And so I just appreciate, you know, a a soft pillow to land on because it is hard when you're wanting to pursue your passions in Christ, but then you have someone that's super logical asking you like, okay, how much time is this going to take and how is this going to affect our family? And so I think it's super important to communicate like expectations and natural fears and anxieties that what ministry can do. And then setting those boundaries and respecting them. Because I think it's super easy to say yes um, on those last minute calls to say, hey, can you do X, Y, Z? But if it's family night, that's priority over ministry and church. And and so I'd say, yeah, yeah, that's my biggest thing. I think getting the priorities right, if you're a new parent or if you don't know this part, it's, it's really important. And, and you can ask Justice, he'll tell you, or Zane will say, uh, Papi, who's number one? To Daddy, who's number one? And he'll say, God. And I go, great. And who's number two to Daddy? And then Justice Zane will look at each other and go, Mom. <laughs> I go, right. And who's number three? And then he'll go, Zane and I. And who's number four? He'll say, Journey Church. 
and he understands that even though I love my kids, my kids cannot come before my marriage because the best thing I can do for my kid is set up for him the template for what marriage is supposed to be when he gets into his own relationship. And so even though you have kids, your husband or your wife is still above your kids when it comes to who gets the most time, the best of you, the most of your energy. Don't let, we talk a lot about idolatry in the Bible and in the Bible and in the church. And we think idolatry is drugs. And I'm starting to see a new idolatry in the world. And it's the idolatry of children. When we, we will sacrifice everything to send them to four different sports and get them involved in all these after school activities. And it's like, that's not what God calls you to do. Like you have, you have a calling you have. And so get that in order uh, because it's, uh, it's, it's super important, super important. All right, this is a good one. This is single ones. These two questions, my wife was like, I want to answer them because uh, I think they're really good. This question is a long one. It's a long one. First one, so I'm building my relationship with God, and I'm in a season of singleness, which I love. But even though the thought of a man taking me out gets me angry because I don't want a man to break the focus that I have with God right now, what if I miss my opportunity meeting my future husband because of my anxiety, question mark, help, exclamation point, LOL. That's a long one. Yeah. Yeah, so I want to flip that, and I think that um, whoever asked this obviously has been distracted before, but you know that that person is a good person for you if they actually draw you closer to God. Right. And what I mean by that is I remember when we were dating, I saw how much... JJ loved God that it made me want to follow after God even more. It's kind of like when you go to the gym and you're lifting weights and you see somebody pick up one of the heavier weights and you're like, oh, I could do that too then. You know, you're encouraged by that other person. So I think it's important to know there's no anxiety in that because if you, you start talking to somebody and you notice that they do not have the same passion for God as you do and they kind of draw you away from God, then next. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to be with that person anymore. That's it. You know, and that's the, that's the beauty of being able to talk to people and be friends with them and dating them because there's no commitment. And so you can at that point say, well, I don't, I don't think that this is going to work for each other. And Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10 says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one of them can help the other up. Yeah. And so that's what a, a good marriage. Better. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't, you don't, your calling doesn't get weaker. Your career doesn't get weaker and your relationship. God doesn't get weaker. It gets stronger and better when you meet yeah. somebody. Because you have someone who also loves the Lord right. and who's going to encourage you and who's going to pick you up when you feel down and vice versa, but right. they can't pick you up if they're not up so good. already. So good. All right. Next question. I think it's important for you to answer this. And uh, when, when they find out your story, then they'll know why. And the question is, is it okay to flirt? And the follow-up question, this is two questions sent together, because what if you like a guy, but he doesn't move, do you move first? So when this question came out, right away I knew he was going to ask me to answer this question because every year he wants me to share this story that I'm about to share about how we started talking. And I just it, like to preach the truth, babe. Just yeah. Uh-huh, sure. So basically what, ha what had happened was... <laughs> So we already had each other's phone numbers um, because of an event or a party that my sister did at his house for my brother-in-law, but we're not going to get into that. Long story short, I had his phone number. I sent out a mass text on Valentine's Day. Mass text. He didn't know it was a mass text. He thought it was just for him. That's fine. So I said, happy heart day or something like that. I was just trying to be nice. But um, he texted back to me, you should spend it with someone who makes you laugh. Smile. Smile. Is that what it was? He does not forget this. Correction. Because I was trying to find out if she was seeing anybody, you know? I was waiting for the answer to come back like, yeah, you know, that's what Bill does or something like that. Or, you know, so I was waiting for Bill. Him. Okay. So I text him back. So then when are we going to hang out? And I felt like I had just won the lottery right there. Like, if you can imagine getting the numbers and they show up on the TV and you're like, nah, this ain't real. Like, this ain't real. He took so long to text back because he was oh so in shock. You must have had the ellipsis on your phone for like an hour. I didn't know how to respond. I wasn't ready for that. So, I needed to say I was interested and that was my way of trying to show I'm interested. Now, back to the question. Yes. The person asked, is it okay to flirt? Now, if you look up the definition of flirt, flirt means to show interest in someone 
without showing, without having a real commitment to them. Like you don't want a commitment. So is it okay to flirt? No, I do not think it's okay to show interest in someone that you're not ready to commit to. But showing interest in someone that you are, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's you. You want to make sure that you put yourself out there. And when I say put yourself out there, don't put yourself way out there. Yeah. Don't exaggerate. Yeah. So the way I think about it is like when you go to the streets in New York yeah. and in Chinatown, when those people are always trying to sell you stuff and they're putting it in your hand, like yeah. to the point where you have to buy it because it's already in your hand. That <laughs> yeah. happened to us in Europe. They kept putting flowers in my hand yeah. and I kept getting in uh, trouble. Put your hands in your pocket. And I'm like, I don't have any pockets. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I'm not used to this. He's from New York. I'm not. Yeah. So he was used to all this. So he knew like, put your hands in your pocket. But anyway, so don't be that. But don't close yourself off in a room and just say, okay, God, you're going to bring the one for me. Like, yeah. I should do nothing. No, because if you just stay home and you don't go out and you can go to church, you don't go to small group, you don't serve on a team, whatever you have to do to put yourself out there, then the only opportunity you have is for the UPS guy. Or the Uber Eats guy. The Uber Eats guy. Let the me Uber get on your scooter. Guy. That's it. Right. You actually had a great example about Ruth in yes. the Bible. So there's a story of Ruth and Boaz in the Bible. Um, and that was this woman named Ruth who was trying to let Boaz know that she was interested. She was about it. That's what she, she was, was about it. So it literally says in the Bible that she took a bath, she got dressed, you know, she presented herself well. And so, the so moral of the story is take a shower. Yeah. <laughs> it smelled good. Smell good. <laughs> but I think the principle is like, don't tell me you're waiting for somebody, but then you're not getting ready. Like, be, get ready. Like, get ready. Look, look, look attractive. Like, yeah. do what you got to do. Like, and going back to having a purpose. Don't be, come out the house all busted and be yeah. like, God's going to bring the one to me. Like, yeah. nah, bro. Not like that. Not like that. Take a shower. But back. You are so on the shower thing. <laughs> Important. Go back. Going back to having a purpose. Have a purpose where you're going somewhere. So he has something to chase he's chasing yes. you because you're so going good. somewhere so, good. so, so good. do that you know so good i love it love it because the time we're gonna have to skip some questions and, and go into our, our last question here this is a married question and um uh, somebody asked what do you do if you're married and your partner excuse me has been unfaithful unfaithful and i wanted to ask uh, david and janelle to share a little bit of your story I'll never forget asking you both to, to come to uh, our very first Love Section Marriage series. And, uh, and I was like, David, come, you know, and we got, just share, like, like, the hardest thing you ever went through in a marriage. And I thought you were going to be like, yeah, I left my socks out on the floor for 20 years, you know. And, and I, I had no idea what your story was and what you had gone through. And so I want to thank you in advance for, uh, for sharing and maybe just tell a little people how, how your story was. So... 48 years ago, I never thought we would be sharing this kind of story. Um, about 20 years ago, um, David was unfaithful. Um, he, w he had a drinking problem. He's a, a recovering alcoholic. Um, he was a practicing lawyer, doing great. Um, he actually had a Coca-Cola machine in his law office that was filled with beer instead of Coke. So that kind of gives you a baseline of where he was at. Um, so anyway, um, it just, it blew up. We had the perfect life. We had a wonderful home. We had a wonderful son who was about 16 at the time. We were involved in church. He was an elder in our church. Um, so I'll let him fill you in on how it all transpired. Well, as Janelle said, I had been drinking considerably more than I should. Um, and I begin to have um, sexual relationships outside of marriage. And I got caught um, by my 16-year-old son um, at our house uh, while Janelle was out of town at our lake house. And uh, my son confronted me and told me that I needed to right now leave and go up to where Janelle was and tell her the truth. And tell her right now, or he would go and do it for me. Um, so I did. And uh, needless to say, um, you know, uh, almost perfect marriage, you know, almost, I mean, really completely fell apart. Um, but there's hope. It's evidenced by the fact we're on this stage today. So... There were a lot of tears that I shed in the shower. That, that was my go-to place. 
I don't know if other women do that, but that was mine. And um, through the grace of God, we had a, a wonderful, wonderful small group. And they were just our support through all of it. So, you know, we poured our heart out. I, I poured my heart out. So I, I gave demands. Number one, you've got to quit drinking and immediately um, and misbehaving. Number two, you've got to, we've got to get a, you in some kind of a support group, uh, AA or whatever is appropriate. And thirdly, we need to go to counseling. And we did. Um, unfortunately, counseling wasn't great. He wasn't quite at the point of being honest and, and transparent. So that was not a really good at that time. But we got through it. And uh, it was only through the grace of God. Because so many people were saying, this isn't a one-time thing. This is a multiple-time thing. You need to pack up and get out of there. Take him for all the money he's got. And God just didn't, he, he didn't put in my heart to do that. And um, I'm very thankful. Yeah. I think um, at 48 years, we're probably the strongest we've ever been. Um, and I, I would give a lot of credit to small groups. The small group we were in uh, when I was unfaithful, um, I mean, really was a lifesaver. And um, there was a guy in there that was also an alcoholic. And I mean, he took me under his wing and got me to AA meetings and, you know, got me involved in that program. Um, you know, and those guys, I, that, you know, the men in that group were just, you know, gave me great examples and, and kept me accountable and kept me on the straight and narrow. And um, since then, we've all, we've both been involved in small groups our, the whole rest of our life. And uh, uh, I mean, we're involved in one, I'm in, I'm in a men's group now that meets by Zoom. And I, I would encourage you, maybe not to be in three groups, but uh, two, I would encourage you to be in two groups, a group um, that's same sex, you know, the, the women would be within group with some other women and men with other men uh, that helps keep you accountable. And two, if you're married, be in a group with other married people. That's something you can do together. Yeah. It helps build your marriage. It makes, you know, you create some great relationships and friendships. And uh, uh, that's my best advice to you. I, I will say that the infidelity has consequences. You know, God forgave me, Janelle forgave me, God forgot, but Janelle didn't forget, and I don't expect her to, and, you know, that uh, rears its ugly head every once in a while. You know, there, you don't ever totally get the trust back, um, but it gets better and better every day. Wow. Thank the it's, Lord. It's amazing that you can say that, and at the same time, yeah, and at the same time say... But our marriage has never been better. What a testament to God's grace and faithfulness. And I want to thank you both because it doesn't matter how many years has passed since that. It, it, the pain probably feels like yesterday. And for you to be able to go in front of people and share that and drive two and a half hours to share it. Um, I, I know it's because you know and you believe that your story is going to help someone else. I'll never forget when you first shared it uh, three years ago. Somebody met you in the lobby on your way out and said, hey, I had divorce papers filled out. My wife, something, something. And she said, but your story, he said, but your story has given us hope. And we're going to work this out. And so if that's you and you're here, there is hope. There is hope. David, while you have the microphone, would you do me a favor and pray for, or Janelle, whoever would like to pray for the married couples here? And then, Shamika, would you pray for the singles? And then Liz and I will finish out with a special prayer. Graciously, Heavenly Father, we all come to you today and just know, Lord, that you are in, in charge. Lord, I just want to bless each and every married family out there. Yes, Lord. Lord, I know that we all have difficulties. Um, nobody has a perfect marriage. Yeah, no. And Lord, I just ask that you lift up those who may be facing difficulties today, yes, yes, this morning, on the way to church. Lord, we know that you put roadblocks in our lives for a reason, for a learning lesson. And we just ask that you take those lessons and help us to learn to love you more and our spouse. Yes, Lord. Be with us as we go through this journey and help us to learn and lean on you. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I just thank you.
thank you for this time, Father God. I thank you for each and every person, Lord God, that is in this room that is single. I ask, Lord God, that you help them in this season to be able to know that they are not broken, Father God, but they are whole in you, Father. I ask that you help them as they walk out each and every day and their purpose, Father God, to be able to know that they haven't been forgotten, Lord God, but you have chosen them to be able to live this life, Father. I ask, Lord God, that you allow them to be able to make smart choices when it comes to dating, Father God, and that you allow them to be able to take the time to do the healing that they need to do to be able to know how to love. And I thank you and I praise you for all of this. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 And I want to, would you guys put your hands together and give it up for the panel one more time. Thank you so much. I just got one more question. I just got one more question. And it's the question of all questions. It's the one that all relationships are built on and grow off of. And it's how are you in Jesus? How is your relationship with God today? Because if you've been with us through any portion of this series, you know that that has been the resounding theme, that Jesus Christ becomes the foundation of every relationship that, uh, that would like to succeed and grow. And if you asked a question that we didn't get answered to, DM me. I'll do my best to answer it and help you out. Um, but this is the question right here that, that, that matters most. And so if you're in this room today and you would say, you know what, my relationship with Jesus is not where it wants to where it needs to be and where I want it to be. And before I can work on my relationship with my spouse or a relationship with a guy or a girl, I need to work on the relationship with me in heaven. So every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you and you're in this room and you'd like to recommit, you'd like to get into a healthy relationship with Jesus, that is the foundation. That is where it all starts. On the count of three, I'd like you to identify yourself by raising your right hand. Nobody's looking. It's between you and the Lord. I'm not going to ask you to come up. This is all I'm going to ask you to do, just to say, yes, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. All over this building, on three, if that's you, one, Two, you need Jesus. Raise your hand right now. One, two, three, right now all over this room. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Come on, I see your hand. Young lady, I see your hand. Young man, I see your hand. Couple in the back. Amen. Liz, would you lead us to prayer? Yes, if you could repeat after me, if you raise your hand. If, even if you didn't raise your hand, let's support those who've raised their hand. Dear God. Dear God. I've made mistakes. I've made mistakes. I've messed up. I've messed up. But you care more about my future than my past. But you care more about my future than my past. Give me the strength. Give me the strength. And the hope. And the hope. To follow you. To follow you. Lord, I declare today. Lord, I declare today. That you would be the one to lead my life. That you would be the one to lead my life. And I will follow the path you have laid out for me. And I will follow the path you have laid out for me. And even if I make mistakes. And even if I make mistakes. I commit to just get back up and get back to you. I commit to just get back up and back to you. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, would you put your hands together for the eight people who raised their hand. Come on, would you stand to your feet and welcome them to the family of God. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.